Greeting friends, fans, and family, GM James here. I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about our shows. We do our very best to bring you the best content we can, and we appreciate all the love that we get back from you. We could use some of your help, though. Don't worry, it's nothing too difficult. There's a couple of things you can do if you want to help us out. Head on over to the Apple Podcasts or Podchaser sites and leave us a review. Every review counts as it helps increase our visibility. Follow us on all of our social media to keep updated on everything that's going on. And if you're feeling extra generous, follow the links on our webpage, www.knightsofthesmithdinnertable.com. And head on over to our Patreon to toss us a buck or three. This is a passion project for all of us, but hosting our shows and website, getting audio and video equipment, and keeping up with the other hidden costs of running a show gets very expensive. Any help that you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for letting me chatter on here, and now, on to the show. Last time on Tales from the Deadlands, the posse finally finishes off the attack on the good intentions. And they discover who was behind it. They arrive safely to Los Angeles, only to see a welcoming party of immense proportions. They begin to question their loyalty to their host just as the Battle of Los Angeles begins. Now, sit back, grab some moonshine, and relax as we continue our Tales from the Deadlands. The year's 1879, but the history's not our own. Everything changed on July 3rd, 1863, during the Battle of Gettysburg. The dead rose up, the shadows darkened, and a reckoning had begun. Humanity's worst nightmares now walked the waking world. Everything seemed to be headed to hell in a handbasket. Humanity, however, was more resilient than the terrors expected. A secret war began between the darkness and those who would stand against it. A few sturdy folks from all walks of life, from school moms to nuns, from snake oil salesmen to steadfast soldiers and children to old coots, have risen up to stand between their fellow humans and creatures born in the very pits of hell. Some were fated to fall, but others stood firm. For the next hour or so, sit back and listen to the stories of horror and heroism, recounting of the sacrifices these unsung heroes have made. Enjoy these tales from the Deadlands. Be warned, however, these tales are not for the faint of heart. Hello and welcome back to Tales from the Deadlands actual play podcast, brought to you not only by the Knights of the Smith dinner table, but also by Poppet's Coffee. If you love coffee as much as most of us do, head over to poppetscoffee.com. It is some of the best coffee out there. Um, and, and Luke, if you wanted to order some, they they do really cheap shipping. Coffee is my favorite diuretic. <laughs> Mine too. All right. So when last we left our valiant heroes, they had finished that fight on the train successfully winning it and the next evening uh, uh more than 24 hours later they finally rolled up to the wasatch railhead just outside of lost angels uh, a few few miles outside of los angeles they can see the city from where they're at though and uh after they arrived now, I know the folks at Pinnacle use the phrase, all hell breaks loose quite a bit. But there are five Rail Baron armies duking it out outside of Lost Angels. And the Guardian Angels, the police slash army of Reverend Grimm's uh, 
Church of Lost Angels are all fighting it out outside of the uh, city. Seems like we're in like the Wild West equivalent of a like collapsing Cold War here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, shit, a hundred percent. So during the uh, start of the fight, shortly thereafter, Lacey O'Malley, the chief reporter for the Tombstone Epitaph, approached you guys once again and asked him, asked you all to help him find his friend Sam Hellman. And everybody pretty much agreed. And uh, as you guys are making your way down on the long hike into Lost Angels, you're making your way past the raging battle, carnage unlike anything you guys have ever seen. Um, explosions, flamethrowers, men and women dying on both or on all sides of the battle. And finally, after about an hour of hiking and carefully avoiding the fight, you head on into the city itself. Now, at this point, Lost Angels is a ghost town. Most of Grimm's followers <clears throat> joined him in the battle, and those too old, young, or infirm to fight were ordered to stay inside their homes until the conflict ends. The streets are dark and empty, save for a few dogs who trot past with their ribs sticking out. Distant booms and rumbles punctuate the distant battle, while flashes of light play upon the haze of the southern sky. Um, however, you guys do hear on occasion what sounds like patrols of guards. And as you guys are going, are you guys going to try and move stealthily or and try and avoid extra fights, or do you guys want to uh, just walk down the middle of the street, so to speak, and... I would, pref I would prefer to uh, try and do more of a stealth approach, but obviously it's a uh, it is a group effort. Uh, I do, however, it, we we see dogs and stuff, right? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw yeah, some, the some dogs, jerky to the, and the dogs are like they look like they've been starving, but for the most part, everything you've heard about Lost Angels, most people are hungry most of the time, except for on Sundays when the good Reverend passes out a free meal to all citizens of the town. Break bread with your brethren. Um, yeah, Cole also agrees it's probably in our best interest to uh, be a little bit more covert about this because A, it'll save us some ammunition. There is that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss those dogs some some jerky, some of my, okay. my, uh, my trail rations. Give them something to uh, to enjoy. All right. So, oh, or sorry. So uh, Charles starts it out. The stealth roll with a result of ten. Now you said it was dark outside, right? Yes. Is that? Are we getting a mm -hmm. bonus for that? Yes, I'm applying it to the endpoint. Beautiful. <coughs> yeah, I am the night. Spend a penny on mine because I don't feel like mine was great enough. I need to roll that too. Yeah, everybody who is uh, sneaking needs to make the uh, stealth check. I still don't like that result. I will spend one more penny on it and hope I don't roll a pair of ones. Oh, uh, I got a three. Oh, 
that was a good roll. Who was that? That Tilly. was Tilly. Tilly, Sneaking good job. With all that heavy equipment. And a total of 11. So right now, we have uh, Goodman and Daisy both not making the roll. And I need two. <clears throat> I'm going to spend one. There we go. Yeah, mine's still a failure. I think that's fine. Well, I should have kept mine a failure then, too. We could have failed together. Could have, right, but... So uh, Daisy's at a five, and Goodman is at a three. At least it wasn't a crit fail, right? And exactly. Let me see what uh what Lacey gets. Because he's sneaking along with you. And he does not like that, so he's going to spend one of his own bennies. Ooh, go Lacey! And he comes up with a fifteen, so he's he's being a really sneaky reporter. He now, should be. let's see if the guardian angels who are in town notice you guys. Now it is dark, so I'm going to give them the dark penalty, which works in your guys' favor. Well, it's not a direct bonus. It is a penalty to them. And they did not make the basic Damn. number. And I'm going to say you guys managed to uh, to sneak on by them. And as you guys move on, you hear voices coming your way. And as you quickly take to a hiding spot, <clears throat> it looks like wounded are returning from the battle. And then moments later, a large wagon drawn by two mules emerges from the gloom, and you hear the whining of dogs. Fifteen guardian angels are escorting a wagon that's completely full of a heap of something, but under the cover, it's impossible to tell what it is. And with a quiet whoa, the wagon stops uncomfortably close to your hiding site, hiding spot. Two of the angels leap down, leaving a woman to observe from atop the wagon. She's dressed in white, with her hair pulled back into a severely tight bun, and she says not a word. One of the walking wounded says, oh, Thank the Lord it's you, Sister Andrea. We, we thought we were goners. Can you... And abruptly, one of the angels knocks the man senseless with a blow to the face. All eight of the red-robed enforcers surround the wounded man like a pack of, or the wounded men like a pack of wolves, beating them with clubs. Help! shouts a man in terror. Please, God, don't take me there, anywhere but there. His pleas go silent, and then there's only the sound of wood clubbing meat for a few seconds. The guardian angels then drag the unmoving bodies over to the wagon, shooing away the dogs and tossing them onto a growing pile of humanity. The woman looks around once, eyes hard as flint, satisfied that the event wasn't observed, at least as far as she can tell. And the wagon then clatters off into the night as you guys look over at him. Lacey's mouth is hanging open in stunned disbelief. And, and I just turn and give him this what the fuck did you get me into, Lacey? Look. He looks about as surprised as you. 
I'm going to grab onto Chuck's hand and pull out my Bowie knife. <laughs> and I'm going to whisper very softly, Chuck, I'll take care of you. <laughs> just give her a, a little light ruffle of the hair as I'm still just staring daggers at Lacey. And I'm going to give Daisy a, a Benny for that one. <laughs> that, that wasn't your friend, was it, Lacey? No, no. Those look like other... Some of the uh, the, the lay folk who were fighting for Grimm. Uh, I knew this place was bad, but I didn't know... I didn't know they'd attack their own people. Uh, look, just kind of eyeball Goodman real quick and be like... You sure we aren't on weren't on the right side of this again? I'm starting to feel that the line is a lot more ambiguous and gray than I was initially led to believe. <laughs> uh, Lacey looks around at you guys apologetically and says, Well, I think it might be better if we get in, get Sam, and get the hell out of here words let's go waste haste haste makes waste but we need to put a fire under our asses let's move Indeed. and i'm gonna pull out my ghost steel knife that was my dad is saying <laughs> yep that seems like a great idea i'll also pull out my ghost steel bowie knife all right <clears throat> So he leads you several more blocks over and you come up to what looks like just a worn down rooming house. I mean, this isn't the best neighborhood. Most of the buildings here look pretty run down, but this one, this one looks like it's definitely uh, seen better days. And as you make your way in, there's a, a timid looking man standing behind the desk. And he stands up and says, um, um, can, can I help you? Why, yes, sir, you certainly may. Myself and my friend Tracy here are, uh, out, out looking for, uh, something. Uh, what do you got, Tracy? Tracy? I think it's Lacey. Lacey, pardon me. <laughs> I was confused. He says, yes, um, I'm here to see a man, uh, Sam Hellman. And the timid guy looked, looks like his own shadow would scare him. He's like, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't discuss any of my uh, border's information. I can't even tell you whether or not he's living here. Now, that will not do. I'm, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clap a, a hand on the guy and just be like, look, friend, we're trying to get in. We're trying to find him, and we're trying to get the hell out. There's some wacky stuff going on. There's a war going on. We're here to help a friend. And I'd like to assist. All right. So make a persuasion or intimidation roll yourself there, Goodman. Okay, so Goodman succeeds, which gives a plus one to Charles and... Uh, Charles had a five, so he's up to a six. And let me find. Nope. He is not under important NPCs. 
This motherfucker just a fledgling. I mean, he is uh, just a townsperson. Just a bloke. So I'm just going to use uh, the townsperson. Wow. Roll for him. And persuasion is resisted by his spirit. So he gets a spirit check. And let's see how he does. Well, wow, that assist actually worked out. That assist worked out. Yep. He got a five on his spirit check, and he's looking a little unsure. He's like, well, um, I, I mean... He lives here. And is he home? I, I I honestly don't know. Okay, well, why don't we go take a look? Oh, okay. All right, and good he man. pulls a key out and slides it across the counter towards you. Uh, it's I'll third room put my hand the, on it. Thir- third room on the right, down, down the hallway there. I'll you, just- sir, have made a very good choice. And I'll just, you know, point at Lacey and Goodman and, you know, hand you the key to head on down. We'll stay here with our friend just to make sure everything stays good. This way we're not, not too many people are trampling through his uh, friends, uh, his tenants area. Entertaining too many guests at once is troubling for the best of folks. It is time. Let us move. All right. Keeping him here in case he was going to go running somewhere. Yeah. So as we as we get away from the counter, I'm like, I fucking hate people. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Cheryl? We're hanging out with the guy at the counter. Yeah. Can I go up and like, does he have a bell? He does. <laughs> oh, can no. I, can I go ring the bell and just like ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, you're just sitting there and. Ding, 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 ding. After about the third ding, I'm just going to put my hand on the bell to stop it ringing. <laughs> but and I'll just remember, there's the weird people in the wagon. It's just the hollow click of her still pushing the button with this hand on it. What's your name, mister? Lawrence. Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. I'm Daisy. Hi, Daisy. What do you do? I run this boarding house. Board house? Yes. People pay me to live here. Board. Not exciting house. Nah, I don't like excitement. Oh. Well, you wouldn't like hanging out with me and my friends. We're pretty exciting people. Can I tell you about the train I was just on? Um... Okay. It was a real nice train. They had nice soft seats and the windows, they weren't the best windows. Some of them broke. That's that's terrible. And you notice and not even a notice check is needed. He just kind of as Daisy keeps talking, he keeps kind of backing himself into a corner. Can you show me stuff desk. you do here? I fill out papers. <gasps> Can I do some? Sure. And he pulls out a couple of sheets of paper that have print on one side and he flips them over so that way the blank side is up and then he sets a, a, 
a piece of graphite there as well. There you go. What do I do? You just fill them out however you want. Are you sure? You just and make up things? Head. Yeah, 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 I, di I did. It might be more exciting if you didn't. And, uh, let's see. It's Cole and Tilly and, uh, Charles, who has stayed behind, correct? Correct. I need all of you folks, except for Daisy, to give me a notice check. Cole got a four. Charles got a six. Tilly got a two. So she's she's kind of distracted. You don't want to be distracted. She's got a six she's now. She's got a six now after spending that Benny. So the other three of you notice his eyes keep going from her right hip where she has that peacemaker that her, that her daddy gave her. And her left hip, where she has that Bowie knife that is at least as long as her forearm. I mean, in her hands, it looks like a sword. Right. And he he looks like he is terrified of this child. And, you know what, uh, Daisy? I think our new friend would love a picture that you would draw for him. <gasps> oh, Mr. Lawrence. Lawrence, right? Y yes. I'm a real good drawer. Mama used to say before she died that um, I was the best of all my siblings in drawing and she would let me go and draw for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. But Dada didn't like that. Papa didn't like windows? me doing that at all. <laughs> he always wanted yeah, me to be a, practicing. There's a window uh, right by the door. We used to go outside right. and he used to teach me how to do lots of things. I'm going to just hang out by the window, keeping an eye out kind of to the side there while they go get okay. the buddy. Mr. Lawrence, what do you want a picture of? Uh, a, a cow? You want, <gasps> how about a picture of my family? Okay. I'm going to draw a picture of all my family's graves and like <laughs> dead people underneath the ground and <laughs> like... <laughs> Me standing there with my knife, like, crying. <clears throat> okay. So while Daisy is busy drawing this morbid picture. It's not morbid. It's just what I know. That's where my family is now. Um, That's true. Goodman <clears throat> and Lacey make their way down the hall to the room that uh, Lawrence indicated. And as you guys come up to the door, it's just an old worn door, has the numbers, uh, has the number four on it. And what are you guys going to do? I'm going to look to Lacey. I'm going to say, now listen, what exactly can I expect in there? Well, if, if Sam is here, I mean, he's, he's a little bit of a slob, but, um, He's a good man. He's just been down on his luck, and I, I just want to get him out of this hellhole. At least get him moved up to Shanfan or someplace safer than, than uh, Lost Angels. Well, uh, you'd find most battlefields safer than Los Angels right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I'm going to uh, put the key in the lock and, and open it. All right. The door kind of sticks, and as you lean into it to pop it open, it swings open, and inside is a room that is neat and tidy with the bed made and not a single possession of anybody, not even a single sign of anybody living here. Oh, now that's just suspicious. And Lacey <laughs> looks at you and Nan says, this isn't right. They must have gotten to him. I, I think we need to leave now. Uh, unless you f- think your friend has had a change of heart and a sudden 180 in their personality, I think that that might be oh, the case no, not, as well. Not with what, not with what the uh, the Church of Lost Angels has done to him and his family. Well, now I can't bore people that bully women and children. Um, I'm gonna say. Maybe if we go inside and take a look, we might be able to uh, notice something else. I'll uh, I'll take a look around here really quick. You want to go and grab uh, one of the other ones? Take your pick. Okay. Just and somebody else to come and help us take a look, like cover more ground, do it quickly. Um, go ahead and make your notice check. And Lacey makes his way back out, and he looks around and says, uh. Goodman says that he could use somebody else to take a look around. I'll help Mr. Yeah. Lacey. Just remember, Daisy, we're doing this quiet to not disturb people sleeping. Why do people sleep? It's a silly idea. I don't like to sleep. I could stay what up forever. What is going ever. on with the dice on my screen? It, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not letting me roll. Oh. Oh my god. Okay, there it goes. <laughs> Hell's bells. Well... I never. Um, <laughs> that uh, we we get to just like redo that all together. Um, this is what yeah, happens yeah. when. Uh, well, well that, that, die. I don't know why the I'll, dice went crazy. I'll. I'll, I'll <clears throat> I've seen what Tilly can do, and I've seen what Cole can do, so I'm comfortable out here with either of them guarding the door. So whichever one of you two wants to go back with Daisy, I'll take Daisy back. Leaving the picture for him right there, half finished? Yeah. Okay. All right, so Daisy and Cole make their way back. Mr. Lacey? Yes. Did you know Mr. Lawrence just makes up stuff? I wouldn't be surprised, young lady. He told me that. He says the papers don't matter. And uh, those of you who are still waiting out there notice that Lacey looks shaken. Uh, like shaken to his core and frightened. Do we all notice that? Uh, Daisy, I would say no. Am I doing because, a notice check in the room? Uh, well, let, let me handle because he's done Sorry. a quick notice check. No, that's fine. I'm just saying he's done a quick one already while Lacey was walking down the hall to get you guys. And uh, Goodman, as you are checking... You check the drawers of the dresser, the drawers of the desk. You lift the mattress. The only thing that stands out to you is on what you thought would be the exterior wall. There's no window. 
but there is what appears to be two holes about five and a half feet off the ground right next to each other. And they appear to be plugged with metal. So I'm, I'm struggling to, to visualize that. What? So the best way I could describe it would be everybody has seen in the movies where the eye painting, holes behind the painting. Yes. A painting has eye holes where the eyes are. Okay, so I'm seeing the other side of the wall from that. You're seeing a very poorly hid set of eye holes. Someone fancied themselves a regular espionage man. And uh, you can make a common knowledge roll at minus two. See if you know anything about this. Not really. But that'd be a one, right? Yep, because there was no minus two on that. That's okay. I I used the uh, wait what? Because I I added in the the trait modifier for better rolls too. Weird. Yeah, I think it might just be the updated version of a. Mm. It's, it's just not a Yeah, I will spend a Benny there. I think. Okay. <clears throat> Paid off in dividends. Let's go. Still doesn't have the minus two on it. So that is still going to be a failure. Ah, uh, well, it's better than nothing. Uh, can't really okay. say much. Yeah, there it is. I need I need to explode for it to work. Like, that's not worth fishing for. Yeah. Not with one Benny. All right. Daisy and Cole walk in. And as you guys do, you guys see that Goodman, all the drawers are open in here. In both the desk and the dresser, the mattress has been leaned up against the wall. <clears throat> and it's not much of a mattress. It's just a ratty old hay-filled mattress or straw-filled mattress. And Goodman is now looking at what appears to be a couple of holes in the wall. Mr. Goodman, what you doing? Well, I think that whoever may have occupied this room prior... Uh, your friend, I believe, Lacey. Tracy, pardon me. Lacey. Lacey. Is it Lacey? Oh my god, I'm never going to get that right. Okay. Um, it, Mr. Lacey, you, uh, your friend, they they didn't fancy themselves a, a nefarious sort, did they? No, no, he didn't. But, uh, <clears throat> and you notice he's, he kind of Thinks for a moment and uh, looks like he's just digging deep into his uh, thoughts. And he is not a resident of Lost Angels either, so he gets the minus two. And he'll spend a penny on that because he's got a good chance of making it. Not with that one. I'll have him spend one more because he's on your guys' side and I'm feeling generous. And that paid off in dividends. Worth it. I mean, it's his friend, so he's he's got yep. the most in this. And uh, he's like, well, 
from uh, what what Sam told me back in '77 or '78. It had to have been 77, because I think it was related to the Edict of 77 that Grimm pronounced. All public buildings and all businesses which catered to people living in them and things like that had to have extra passageways built with ways for the guardian angels to peek into the rooms to make sure nobody was sinning. So you mean to tell me that this is not actually a way to peep in on somebody, but in fact a way for someone to peep in on us? Yep. Well, that's just unconstitutional. What's it in? The edict of the edict of seventy-seven declared that, uh, much like the Vatican City in Italy for the Catholics, that. The city of Lost Angels is a vassal state of the church. And I respect God and all the good that he does, but men are men. And they all suck. <laughs> My papa didn't. Now, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking now's a good time to ski-daddle. I thought I was coming here to look around. Uh, you, you can look around. Maybe there's something good. Maybe a new toy. Um. Oh, she spent a penny on that. I'd and keep the first roll, though, you right? Got, you get to keep the better roll. Okay. Which was a four, which is a success. And looking around, this has got to be the most boring bedroom that Daisy has ever seen. There's a bed, a desk, a dresser. No, and no nothing toys. Nothing else in here. No toys. No clothes. No food. Mr. Lacey, what what was your friend doing in here? Well, he was living here, but uh, I don't. This think isn't much of a he's life. Living here anymore. And nobody lived here for a hot minute. Looks that way. Um, Any other leads? Unfortunately, not. Um, I think we need to get. Get the hell out of here. I think that that is an excellent idea. A notion I could get behind. Let's beat Cheeks. All right. Turn around, dramatically flap my duster, <laughs> make my way to the door. <laughs> okay, so you guys gather together, start making your way back out of town in roughly the same direction that you came in. And uh, as you guys are making your way out, not two minutes after you uh, leave the boarding house, you hear what sounds like an alarm bell ringing coming from that direction. <clears throat> yep, our friend was not telling us everything he knew. Uh, we've got trouble coming, probably. All right. And I will... There are devils afoot in Lost Angels. Indeed. I'm going to keep the Bowie knife mm. out for right now, though, just in case we... uh 
can get across unawares and not make any big booms. All right. And as you guys are making your way out, I need stealth rolls. get theirs. Looks like Cole so far is the only failure. Yep, but yeah, wait for Lacey as well. Yep, let me pull him up. And his stealth. I'm good. So, everybody else got a four better except Except for for Cole so far. Yeah, currently. And Lacey, Lacey's doing pretty good. All right, I will go ahead and spend a penny on mine. That puts me in the exact same boat. It is 10.02. Indeed it is. You know what, we'll go ahead and play this card. It'll give me a temporary D6 into it, and I'll spend my last penny on it. All right. Oh, I got to edit that to a D6. Hold on. So we'll spin that Benny and do the last stealth roll since a different die type have to make a new roll. And that puts us making it. All right. At the very least. (laughs) So you guys make your way out of town successfully. Couple of close calls. But uh, you guys make it. And... As you get back close to the Wasatch Railhead, you all have to duck down as a stray round or two goes flying over your heads. Something's buzzing in your ears, though. And over the groan of the Ghost Rock-powered war wagons and the thunder of artillery, you hear what sounds like giant insects. And you look up, and up in the eastern sky is a fleet of massive black airships. The moonlight reveals no markings, but a quick glance at the grinning Dr. Hellstrom on the roof of the Good Intentions leaves little doubt as to whom they serve. Your instincts tell you something is about to happen, something momentous that will forever change the world, maybe even the future itself. And you hunker down a little tighter and hang on to your hat as the roaring engines of the flying armada pass overhead above the swirling melee to your west. And without stopping, the airships drop three water barrel-sized objects onto the battling rail warriors below. The objects must be powered by Ghost Rock, for they smoke and scream as they streak towards the stunned combatants below. A second later, there's a blinding flash of light and a roar like the end of the world. And the last thing you remember is a skull-shaped cloud of fire rising up out of the desert. And that's where we'll pick up next time. Woo! Sorry, this is a short one, guys, but we, we uh, ran a little short on time. And, uh, I, and, and besides, this is just too good of a spot. Yeah, this is kind of just the perfect stopping point to, uh, to just stop at. You know, Note to self, don't piss off Hellstrom. Eh, valid. 
or do and suffer. That too. All right. So we will see you next time and everybody have a great week. We will see you all next week. Um, we're getting closer and closer to Gen Con. Uh, just as a quick reminder, three or four of the knights will be there at Gen Con representing Arkham Forge, uh, the creators of Master's Toolkit, which is the mapping program that we use here. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get out and do some stuff as well. Definitely come by the Arkham Forge booth and see us. And uh, we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night, gamers. Bye-bye. This actual play podcast references the Savage Worlds game system and the Deadlands Weird West Savage setting, both of which are available from Pinnacle Entertainment Group at www.peginc.com. It is unofficial media content permitted under the Media Network Consent Agreement. This content is not managed, approved, or endorsed by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Certain portions of the materials used are the intellectual property of Pinnacle, and all rights are reserved. Savage Worlds, all related settings, and unique characters, locations, logos, and trademarks are all copyright of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Tales from the Deadlands, Knights of the Smith Dinner Table, and all of its logos are property of Knightsmith Games, LLC. For more information, head to www.knightsofthesmithdinnertable.com.